I was listening to a podcast and the guest said, and I'm paraphrasing, it's evil or worse. What's worse than evil? Double evil? As far as I know, there is no word in the English language for something worse than evil. I debated someone about the use of the word evil in a secular context, and they said the word was too useful to give up. It was a short-lived debate, and I still don't see the usefulness for the word outside of a very specific religious context or fiction. Trying to pinpoint the exact meaning of the word is frustrating. It's rigid, not flexible like the word good, and in a political context, it is absurd. Your opposing politician is evil, and so are their policies. They're wrong, in your view. That's fine. But evil, as in fire and brimstone holding the hand of the devil, those are the images the word conjures up. Or is that just me? Does it not have that baggage? If you look up the definition, it doesn't exclude a usage of the word outside of the supernatural. As a matter of fact, the first definition of the word, evil, doesn't include it. And yet, the baggage is there. The image is there. When we recall policies of opposing politicians, are we remembering Satan? If you say deporting illegal immigrants and separating them from their children is evil, and say Jeffrey Dahmer is evil, do you really mean that both are equally bad? Maybe people think there is a spectrum of evil, but there isn't one in the Bible or in books or TV shows or any other fiction. Bad and evil aren't used interchangeably. I have bad news to tell you, not evil news. I have good news, and it's about the battle between good and evil. That's strange. Good news and good as a force. Bad news and evil as the force. My good congressmen are opposing your evil congressmen. My congressmen are adequate in their good, and your congressmen are are superior. They are at the limits of bad intention. They are malice and vindictive in an unholy way. Their actions are on par with the torture of billions of people for eternity. But mine are here in the real world, putting forward a mild effort to stop this torture. It's worth mentioning that there are people who think their opposing politician is evil, as in the supernatural. And their politicians are sent from God, but it's a minority, as far as I can tell. Even funnier than that, I worked with someone who said Obama. She didn't believe he was the Antichrist, like many people she knows. But him and Hillary were clearing the path for the Antichrist. She was a manager at Walgreens, and this is Southern Louisiana. If you call Trump evil, this is what I think of. It sounds as absurd and frankly identical. Even if you don't believe in the supernatural, this is what I hear. Trump is the Antichrist. The common trope of all despots have good intentions 
fizzles out when they are labeled evil. I agree with the trope. The label stifles our ability to understand why the hell this happened. It prevents understanding and motivation, or at the least, distorts our ability to understand. It also makes conflating an elected leader who does bad things sometimes with a dictator. They both do evil things, so they must be made from the same cloth, and ultimately rule by the same principles and desire absolute control of the masses indefinitely. There is no point in time that I'm aware of that a U.S. president didn't have a significant amount of people labeling him a tyrant who will refuse to relinquish his power once his term is up, and yet they all have left office without an uprise. And yes, they have all been labeled evil. And our policies evil. Socialism is evil. Capitalism is evil. Fascism is evil. Democracy is evil. Communism is evil. Libertarianism is evil. What is an evil? Who is an evil? There is generally a distinction made between policy, politicians, and civilians when it comes to evilness. But not always. Trump supporters are racist, transphobic, and sexist. Some of them are misguided, but others are evil because racism, transphobia, and sexism are evil. Trump is the real source of evil because he enforces these things with rhetoric and policy. Bernie supporters are lazy, part of groupthink, and anti-capitalist and socialist. Same applies here. Even if you don't explicitly say or think these people are evil, but label the ideas evil and the politicians evil, it is reasonable to think that you believe they are evil. It's logical to say it follows. If you don't connect the person to their ideas, your view of the world isn't cohesive. There's a constant battle in your mind to defend people you care about from the evil ideas about the world. I can't imagine how this type of thinking is useful. I think lowering the rhetoric would help. Harmful works, bad works, and horrific, in extreme cases, works. There are a lot of words that cover the ills of society without the baggage of the word evil. Using the word evil in a political context, especially casually, is an easy way to make things as divisive as possible. But its effects are not limited to the realm of politics. When people say anything, or I'm sorry, everything is political, they are not wrong, but they're not right either. It could be useful at times to think of things this way, but it's also harmful. The use of the word evil is a great deterrent for the non-political. It's disparaging and connects the terrible events and non-political personalities in their political life to a system that appears to be hopeless. Being raped or having a friend murdered isn't political to them. But they probably think the perpetrator is evil. Rape culture. Systemic racism. 
This evil is supported and secretly endorsed by evil politicians and is deep in their bones. And no matter how wrong it is, how evil it is, and how poorly it'll affect their political office, they will continue to support this system because they're evil. It doesn't matter if you say this directly. It all follows. The word evil trumps all other supposed intent. It's too powerful of a word to be displaced by any sort of logic or conditioning statement. It causes a guttural reaction. Avoiding a narrative from being formed is difficult, and one people are adverse to try to stop. My problem with someone like Jordan Peterson is that he doesn't make sense. This is a matter of bad and often silly ways of communication. A later episode on that. But that he endorses a worldview based on narrative. He fomites this issue of good versus evil when no evil exists, when evil is syphilis or schizophrenia. We understand that moldy bread caused witchcraft, but we still act like the evil is there. What sense does that make? It's damn ludicrous. We are not all crusaders of either good or evil. There is no cosmic being writing our story, and we aren't that author either. And if it is the former, the writing isn't legible. If it's the latter, we don't have the ability to identify that author. We know diseases and chemicals manipulate our behavior. People kill in their sleep on Ambien, drown their children because voices told them to, run over a jogger because they're a CIA agent, download child porn because a tumor presses on a part in their brain. Where the hell does evil play in any part of that? Do we know enough about the brain, chemicals, tumors, and diseases to decide who is evil and who is sick? Don't we have to do this work at the least before we make this judgment? Even if you're religious, you've got to concede that we do not have perfect, absolute, libertarian free will. We need room for people to be sick and not evil. We need a space between the person and their actions. It's unreasonable to expect perfect moral consistency, but we can do better. We can save the word evil for, the, for Bible study in superhero movies. Balich paid. And nodding formally as Sabbath concluded his initial encounter with someone he clearly did not wish to meet ever again. It was Silvilja that had done it. Sabbath modifying very with very. But that was as close as the puppeteer had come to telling Balich and their first five men together that the woman who had vomited after had having had to fuck him had had every reason to vomit because all the while she had been as good as someone else's wife. Of course he understood Balich's feelings. For him, too, the shock of her death was only getting worse by the day. But that didn't mean that Sabbath 
could forgive him. Sabbath Theater, Philip Roth. Or I, perish of lonesomeness, or want of food, or fighting, or the bear, must tame the heart and wear the bear. A desolation, Allen Ginsberg. The main cause of incomprehensible prose is the difficulty of imagining what it's like for someone else not to know something that you know. The sense of style, Stephen Pinker. Stephen Pinker's point on prose follows to the spoken word and how we think of people's actions. It's not just our own ignorance that causes problems. It's our understanding of others' ignorance and our ability to empathize through their ignorance. It's a flaw in empathy. We are starved of ability and yet have no compunction in erring on the firmest, most brutal judgment when our sensibilities are shook. But from a religious perspective, you are not the arbiters of evil. God is. From a non-religious perspective, evil doesn't exist, not with all the baggage intact. And the only way to rid the word of its supernatural baggage is for us to dispel everyone, or at the least, the majority of this idea of supernatural forces. This is not going to happen, and even if it is going to happen, that is the time to use the word evil. The word is a cosm. There is no doubt that we have bad communication. We are rarely precise in our use of language, and often are dishonest. When I say dishonest, I don't exclusively mean we are outright fabric, outright fabrication. It's more so unintentional misrepresentation of what we mean. The meanings of words change. No one can keep us. Keep up with all of the changes. You meet people from different places with different slang. Not all of these changes are glaring. Those are much easier to sort out. Someone will correct you, but in more subtle changes, they may say nothing at all. Evil is example of this, despite the differences not really being subtle. Now, when you dig down. Past the artificial layer, yes, it's really bad, and yes, we feel incapable of expressing how bad it is. But only one of them means it's demonic. I don't think every word should go through this much scrutiny. But if a word creates enough confusion and a big enough mess, we should reconsider how we use the word. Even the the description of the differences. Of use of the word evil is conflicted. The subtle and extreme, depending on what semantic dance is transpiring. Bad, horrific, terrible. Isn't the dance still going on with these words? Yes, but it's easier to leave the devil out of it. The devil might be syphilis, and how the hell would you know? John McCain died. If you think we're involved in too much war. He makes an interesting case study. He fought in Vietnam. He was courageous. He was in prison for six years. He refused early release because the people captured before him were not being released. 
When he was released, he was left with physical disabilities and he died of brain cancer. This isn't a typical politician and this perspective and experience should be considered when reflecting on his hawkish nature. War is evil. So John McCain was evil. Necessary evil? Now mark out the necessary. War is an ugly thing, but not the ugliest of things. John Stuart Mill. I am not using this to justify all the wars he supported or the ancillary actions to war, but to remind people of the tools we have to assess someone's character, to reform the mold of disparity when considering the actions of politicians. Not just our politicians, but all politicians. It fill us with dread. Us people who desire peace when the war they urge seems wrong and misguided or motivated by vengeance and greed. The truth is, we don't know with anything close to resembling certainty how just our wars are or what truly motivates our leaders to go to war. To send our brothers and sisters to die is an unfortunate fact that we can secure peace only by preparing for war. John F. Kennedy Was McCain's commitment to war evil, malevolent, and motivated by a devil on his shoulder whispering, kill the gooks, or the world he knew? Is it better for us to acknowledge his inclination to war, vote against it, and not trouble ourselves with his own morality? If we're hoping to use him as a catalyst to change the game, is it enough for us to vote pacifist politicians in and do what we can through rhetoric to reinvigorate the peaceful voices and the minds of the American people? And how will that change how the world views us? Will this reduce terrorism and nullify dictatorships? And is this even a possibility? Is JFK wrong? If we just want less war, what is the right amount of war? Can anyone quantify this? Do we have enough knowledge of the chess pieces being moved around to be indignant and wise? Is war evil? Is the loop? Is this the loophole you hoped it to be? Can we now call John McCain evil? No, this isn't a loophole. War is horrific. It's sometimes wrong, and to some, always wrong. But even if it's always wrong, this doesn't change what I've said, and it doesn't mean we know that John McCain was a bad person. Illness still exists. Being misguided still exists. We have no proof of malice. Proof of malice doesn't exist for anyone. We still have too much to learn to decide this. We may never be able to make this claim. It's something we should save for the courtroom. Opinions are fine, but I'm going to try and do better. I want to be precise in my thinking and in what I say. This isn't a complete view of war and intent, but those words need their own time. I want to stay on evil. And that brings me to the courtroom. The Vatican knew a Pennsylvania pedophile ring and the cover-up. Secret archives shared by bishops to church leaders in Rome. But 
Catholic bishops of Pennsylvania deny allegations of sexual abuse of thousands of children. Okay. The darkest moments are here. This is visual. I don't need to hear the word evil to see horns and a pitchfork and fire in hell. Some actions and some afflictions are unstoppable and so horrific. We have to put the perpetrators away till they die. Malevolence and evil are words of responsibility. That's why malice belongs in the courtroom, but not evil. If anywhere has and needs language police, it's the courtroom. Is the Vatican evil? Are they malevolent? Catholics need to ask these questions. Or are you going to give up the judgment of evil? If you can't label the people who cover up thousands of incidents of sexual child abuse evil, who the hell can you call evil? Tumors all the way down, like the flying space turtles propping up the earth. That's how you pin down intent. Evil is an infinite regress. It's a damn hard thing to square away if you're a Catholic. Lucky you, they haven't nailed the Pope. Genocidal intent. What a cute phrase. The Miami's Rohingya crisis. And forgive me if I'm mispronouncing that. The commander-in-chief and other generals, through over 1,000 interviews at refugee camps in Bangladesh, has been called to stand trial for genocide by UN investigators and has been confirmed by the ambassadors to the UN. I'm sorry, confirmed by the ambassador of, to the UN, Nikki Haley. Each of the interviewees claimed 100 people killed by the Burmese military and security forces, 10,000 being the current total number, not to mention gang rape. 700,000 Rohingya have fled Myanmar. And I'm done with those two words. <laughs> the question is, did they have genocidal intent? In a way, the question is, how evil is this war? Is it so evil that any opposing violence from one side is negligible and the other side is overmatched and gruesome without any regard to innocent bystanders? In fact, they are no innocent bystanders. The innocent are supposed to die. They are the target as much as anybody who shoots back. Have you heard of the Armenian genocide? Where somewhere from 500,000 to 2 million Armenians were slaughtered. But back to genocidal intent. Is it damn evil? I don't have to answer this question at this point. It's another thing we have to deal with morally. This is a different level of intent. There's, I want to do what's best for my country, which is broad. And then there's, I intend to exterminate everyone that is part of this group, which is net. This is a crime. Even in war, this is a crime. It's slaughter, not war, but hell. 
There's a war against poverty, a war against drugs, and a war against Christmas. It's a trivialized word. But genocide isn't a trivialized word. And neither is evil. Offensive war doesn't sound offensive. There's something coy about it. I'm not trying to defeat my point, but I understand why it is tempting to use the word evil or genocidal instead of offensive war. It's horrific. The results are gut-wrenching. Seeing the dead bodies is haunting, and the acts atrocious. War is hell. Unnecessary. Offensive war is hell for no good reason. I'll leave on that note. I'll save war for another podcast and let you chew on that bit. I will delve into the industrial war complex and dissect it with absolute scrutiny. Don't worry.